Hey, you know, that might actually be interesting. Instead of doing, like, any kind of, like, um, sound or music or anything in front end, just have, like, a phone ringing, and then, then, and then, and then we answer the phone, right? Hello, welcome to the rest of us. Oh, see, there you go. That's clever. Hello? Hello, welcome to the rest of us, show where we talk about uh, topics of the day without uh, getting pulled. I keep too many uhs. Welcome to the rest of us, the show where we talk about topics of the day in depth without getting polluted by the talking heads of the so-called news organizations. How are you today, Erin? <laughs> I'm waking up. <laughs> we record this early. I'm waking up. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Wanting to talk about the subject. You know, we, we started this podcast. So let me back up. For those of you all who are new, which would be everybody because we're just launching this now. Yeah, being that we're episode, we're episode one. one. <laughs> um, Todd and I did a radio show together on a local NBC radio news affiliate in inland Southern California. And we did it for, what, five years? And I've been on the air mm -hmm. for uh, another seven years beyond that. And we talked about a lot of politics. And everybody's talking about politics right now. But I feel like, and I know that you feel like, that so much of what we hear in the media is devoid of the opinion of the rest of us, because we're not yeah. elite media. Um, what you might call common sense, which we jokingly say is not very common these days, but, you know. Indeed. When you listen to something, you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound quite right, or something that demonizes yeah. the... the it it spends so much t the comments spend so much time or people this is I'm I'm gonna have to edit this out. Um, we shouldn't be demonizing each other. We shouldn't be saying that the other side yeah. is evil because they're not. They're just they have a different opinion, and so let's talk about that. Um, and so this yeah. that's why we decided to have this podcast. Yeah, there's too many too much too much of what passes for news shows is spinning what the other guy says and then attacking it after you've mischaracterized. There you it. go. And That's what so, I was looking for. Yeah, and and it's frustrating sometimes to listen to and if you bounce back and forth between uh all of the major new news organizations, they all do it to one degree or another and from one direction or another. Um and it's gotten to the point where uh, they've all been chasing ratings and thus income as opposed to actually providing the service of of telling you what's going on in the world. Uh, now, you know, we're, we're not going to tell you what to think. We're going to tell you what we think. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the I don't really mind the the outlets who say, you know, this is our perspective and we're giving it. Um, and so they're mm -hmm. they're really upfront with the fact that they're progressive or they're upfront with the fact that they are uh, conservative. Yeah. And then so then you're like, OK, well, fine, I'm getting that perspective. My beef is with those that um, that say that they are the most trusted name in news and they really aren't. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, yeah. wait a minute, well, wait a minute. <laughs> You know, or or the the I mean the most trusted name in news, fair and balanced. They always have like these lines that make you make them sound like they're idealistic, um, you know, uh, truth tellers, and they're ideologues, not idealistic. Um, you know, and it, it gets a little old sometimes. Um, you know, when you have to kind of pick through what they've said to say, oh, okay, here's this little nugget of truth that they then spent 15 minutes talking about opinions rather than just telling me some facts about what's going on in the world. You know, it's interesting. Not that long ago, um, I 
my, my regular morning routine is to put on like sports debate shows in the morning while I'm getting dressed. And so they'll talk about whatever the sports were, you know, played in, in around mostly U.S. based from around the world, um, uh, but mostly U.S. based from the previous day. And every once in a while, you know, I mean, you get a little tired of it because how many sports were played yesterday? You know, I mean, there's like, you know, if you're a fan of one team, they maybe talk about other teams. But, you know, the seasons, you know, sports come in seasons. And so I thought, you know what, let me just find something. It's just a basic news show. I don't want any um, uh, punditry. I don't, no just editorial tell me what content. Happened. Yeah, no, no editorial content. Just Edward R. Moreau. This is what happened yesterday. It's impossible to find that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, just it doesn't exist anymore because it doesn't stir any emotions. It doesn't it doesn't draw. Uh, it's not sticky. It doesn't draw, uh, you know, people in to, to watch and see what outrageous thing so and so is going to say today. Or even if it's not what outrageous thing is they're going to say, it's what are they going to tell us that the that the bad guys, the other guys are saying that was bad, right? Because that's what half of it is, is it's not even telling us what you think. It's telling us what your opponents think and making stuff up or mischaracterizing what they think so that they sound more outrageous and less reasonable. Um, and that's what's frustrating. It's like, you know, I, I've listened to both sides and both sides are telling me what the other side is saying and they're saying it wrong. It's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, really? It's true. You know, just tell me what your opinions are. Uh, and it's hard to find that, you know? I mean, quite frankly, I find that more often on Bill Maher's comedy show than I do in, in on a lot of the news shows. Right. And and then you, you find – so so this is you – know, the news story will come out, and immediately people are spinning. And so we'll use the example of this horrific, horrendous, disgusting, evil shooting in uh, Buffalo and um, right. where it's it's – by any measure of, I mean, this guy was evil. He was crazy and evil, and he the, he should have been. Um, they should have taken his weapons when the when they became aware of the craziness he was putting on uh, social yeah. media. And there was um, there there were laws that would have allowed them, and they chose not to do it. So they being the authorities in Buffalo. So mm-hmm. you know, I, there's been all kinds of spin on this saying that this kid was uh he was conservative and he was you know he's a white supremacist and he's in, he's emblematic of all of the republicans that they're all they all have this replacement theory fear and all this replacement theory for example is the is the idea that um and and i honestly think it, it originates at the that the people who are saying that what what they're saying that that mm-hmm. um uh, that it was the the Jews are bringing in um, people, brown people, to replace the white people, and um, that we need to uh, save the white race for you know posterity, whatever. Save the white. I see. I don't even. I, forgive yeah. me. I'm, yeah, I'm kind not, of stumbling yeah, over my yeah, words. Don't even, get my... You know the irony. The irony here is is I self identify as a relatively conservative person. I am not registered as a Republican or a Democrat anymore. I'm I'm an independent yeah, me voter. Too. But. Um, I'd never heard of replacement theory until this week when they started telling me that that's what I right. believe. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, Thank what? you. What? Thank you very much. <laughs> and what the heck it, is, it is this? A horrific, you know? This it's, lunacy. It's something that that Nazis believe, like uh, modern Nazis believe. I mean, this kid identified yeah. as a white supremacist, uh, but he also he talked about in his screed. Um, evidently, he talked about um, how he hates the Republican Party because it's corporatist, and in the Democratic Party for all the reasons that you might imagine. Um, he's just full of hate and rage. And he's not emblematic of anything but a crazy person. Um, and yeah, no, is... this guy's clearly just, just completely 
off his rocker and and you know it's 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 horrifying to think that authorities knew about him were aware of him and had not taken any proactive right. measures and they had the power to do so they just they just didn't yeah um and so because the the I'm just going to say the left versus the right because we all know what that means. So the the left is saying that that he's emblematic of all Republicans and and this is Tucker Carlson's fault and and I'm like no 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 it's not Tucker Carlson's fault it's a crazy person's fault. But but yeah. but they the it's like you know you get two gossipy girls in the room at the same time and they start whipping it, each other up in a frenzy and the person that they're mm-hmm. gossiping about becomes more horrid every time something comes out of their mouth and you know. That's exactly what's happening. And I've got to tell you, mm-hmm. this is from the Daily Wire. Um, they reported a tweet from Bette Midler, who I think has become completely unhinged. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, she says Tucker Carlson should be arrested and tried for sedition and fomenting insurrection. Murdoch should have his citizenship revoked and the damage he continues to do to our democracy will soon become irreparable. Newt Gingrich should be clapped in irons for getting him past the FCC. It's like... What? Newt Gingrich should be clapped in irons for getting who passed the FCC? Murdoch. Fox News. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And then she went on to say, Mm. we have unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How are citizens supposed to believe in these sacred principles if they're getting slaughtered every time they go to the store? If a government can't deliver on this foundational promise, it's worthless. Now, let's, let's break down what she said. First of all, Nobody's getting slaughtered every time they go to the store. That's not happening, and that's not helpful. When you're dealing with something as traumatic as what happened is, you can't be hyperbolic. You have to be careful about not being hyperbolic because, you know, this isn't happening. It's not like, you know, families all over the country are going to the grocery store and being shot. Thank God. That's not happening. Yeah. So let's talk about exactly what happened there and not let ourselves get spun out of control, you know. Right. Well, and and I, I hate to say this, but, you know, in this, this day and age of, of connectedness, you know, something that happens in Buffalo is immediately known throughout the entire country and throughout the world. That was not the case even, you know, 20 years ago pre-smartphone when we all walked around with immediate updating news buckets in our in our hands you know and uh and and i'm beginning to not even beginning to i i have come to the to the conclusion that i don't think that's particularly healthy for us and it ties into one of the things that we said we wanted to talk about today which is social media because that's generally how that connectivity is working i mean people you know sometimes follow news feeds online um and uh, you know, I just don't think it's healthy for us to be checking to see what things are happening throughout the world because the things that get reported are the things that are outrageous and and terrible, and so we get the sense, the feeling, you know, in our subconscious that that things are awful everywhere because of these bad things that are happening. And I'm not saying that that these are not awful things and they're and they're terrible, but uh, you know, a lot of this stuff was happening. 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. I mean, it happened. You know, there are unhinged people who who killed people. There are are terrible terrible things that have happened throughout the history of humanity. The but but the entire society wasn't announced 15 seconds after it happened. You know, we weren't uh, updated uh, because of information in our pockets. And and I think that that's a really unhealthy thing for us as a society. I mean, it's great to be informed. 
but I think that we've got to, you know, I, I, it's going to affect us as a society um, when we're constantly being updated about terrible things that are happening all around the world. You know, and I'm not saying limit information. I'm saying that we as as individuals maybe need to to self-censor, to, to not, um, you know, uh, stay on top of this stuff as if it was um, a life and death thing for all of us when something terrible happens somewhere. And this is this is not something and I a thousand percent. Well, it's 100 percent agree with you because a thousand percent agree with you doesn't make any sense. But I completely no. agree. Um, and we're having to learn you know, the world has changed, right? And like you said, mm-hmm. the world has changed and how we react to those changes um, is part of this uh, being an adult in this new world. Um, right. And so we, what can an individual do to protect their own psyche? Because we're seeing yeah. that it's impacting people negatively. Look at the uh, suicide rates in, in all yeah. age groups, but especially among young people who have no capacity yeah. to understand and manage this you know, what's, what's you know, happening I, in the I world. coach and work with high school age kids, and it concerns me that the kids that I'm seeing right now um, are, you know, the first generation to grow up with a, a pocket communicator that tells them everything that's happening everywhere on the planet instantaneously. And how's that affect them? How does that make their sense of security in their in their existence feel to them growing up? You know, I think we're 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 possibly causing some harm to our kids and there was no test to see how this works or or anything it was just you know uh 2007 the first really true smartphone the the apple iphone came out there were a few connected phones before that in limited ways but you know 2007 it's been 15 years it's it's high school age kids that are the first ones who've just grown up with that being ubiquitous that you know you have a phone you know but you see it in adults and everybody now i mean you know i i almost can't pull up to an intersection without then having somebody in the cars in front of me not make it through the light and hold up the people behind them because as soon as they stopped, as soon as they stopped driving their car, they picked up their phone and started looking at it, and they missed the light change, and people behind them honked their horns. Um, you know, it's it's as if, you know, if you're not doing something actively, then you have to have your nose on a screen. Um, and it's, it's having some social impacts that are, are frankly a little scary. Oh, uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I think that, that there are, we need some rules for the road, not literally, I mean, using, talking about what you were just talking about, but mm-hmm. um, if you feel that, if, if if social media is whipping you up to the point of anger, and we're talking about, you know, not interactions with people you know, because you could have those interactions in real life, and then that relationship yeah. needs to be dealt with. We're talking about... If, if, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, family members whip you up to anger, Sorry, we can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> get on your own on that one. Get a yeah. therapist. Put put down your phone. Hug a family member. <laughs> exactly. But um, but if a watch modern family. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you know if you are if you're finding that news stories are whipping you up into a frenzy, the only only in that scenario the only person you can control is yourself. So how do you besides just flippantly saying put the phone down? Um, how do you how do you learn to recognize when it's happening and what do you do to prevent yourself from being let's just say it manipulated into yeah. <laughs> into uh, into craziness yeah so if, if anything you read online ever makes you feel like you need to then repost or comment on it then you're probably too engaged with online 
it's not a real thing. It's not a real person. It's it's your phone is not what you should be interacting with. If you want if if you read something that works you up, then turn to your loved one and talk to them about it. That's a much better way of interacting with with stuff you're reading online than reposting and 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 using, you know, uh hyperbolic language to repost it online so that other people will also get worked up you know i mean that's my basic feeling now i i will admittedly say this i am not a social media person i don't have a facebook well i guess i still have a facebook account because it's next to impossible to kill the damn thing but uh i haven't used it in years um so i you know i don't use facebook i have a twitter account that i check once every quarter maybe I have a um, I have a Instagram account that I check when my daughter calls me, texts me, and says, "Hey, I sent you something on Instagram," and then I go look at it. Um, you know, I'm not a social media person. You are, so you, uh, you, you un- take take what I say with 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 that in mind. You know, when I talk about don't don't retweet in anger, yes, or, or post well, it... or post in, in emotional states. So I I get into. Um discussions on Facebook on a regular basis. And, you know, sometimes, and and honestly, I, I have, I used to uh, post a whole lot more political content. um, But the last election, the uh, 2020 election was brutal. And when I say brutal, the way people treated each other, the way the media treated each other, the way that the candidates treated each other, it was a bare knuckle brawl that spread across the country. And, you know, a lot of people left Facebook. I, I, you know, as an advertiser, because of the nonprofit that I work for, we advertise on Facebook. Um, the uh, amount of response and the percentage of people who <clears throat> engage with our company um, uh, from Facebook being, you know, the initial contact or um, place of, of contact uh, has dropped. And and we're still using Facebook. Pardon me. Mm-hmm little froggy this morning. We're still using Facebook and we're still advertising on Facebook, but our return on investment has dropped. And I think it's because yeah. people were disgusted at the, you know, and, yeah. and they're slowly, I think, coming back, but um, people were disgusted by mm-hmm. what happened in the last election. I don't well, generally to- use Twitter because Twitter to me is the high school lunchroom from hell. You know, mm-hmm. it's very clicky. It's very, um, you think about go watch the movie Mean Girls and then go, you know, spend some time on Twitter and you'll see what I mean. Yeah, I think a lot of Twitter has to do with who you choose to follow, though, too. You know, I mean, um, uh, again, like I said, I don't engage very often, but um, when I do, I mean, the people that I follow on Twitter are mostly people who talk about tech things because that's of interest to me. And so the conversations are all around uh the tech industry and, and that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, they tend to talk about it and it's not quite so, I mean, every once in a while stuff will break down into, you know, I like, I like Mac. I like windows. I like Mac. I like windows. But other than that, it's, it's, that's, and that's, that's such an old thing in the tech industry anymore that it's like, you know, we don't rehash it too much. Well, uh, and I'm, and I'm specifically talking about those who talk about politics and kind of current right. events. Yeah. You know, to be honest, I think that Mark Zuckerberg also sees the writing on the wall. He's seeing that his product is not as sticky as it used to be, and thus the renaming of the company to Meta and the focus on a a 3D future that I think he very much sees as being something like um, that uh, movie uh, Ready Player One. I think that's what he envisions. I don't think he realizes that that was supposed to be a horrible future, which then they found some, some uh, you know, 
perhaps light, you know light at the end of the tunnel by telling people they weren't able to do it seven days a week and i mean that that he missed the postscript apparently in that movie so it, and and that's really interesting i would i would push back and say i don't agree with that in that their algorithm has created the world that we live in um their algorithm um uh pushes they what they care about is that you spend time on their platform, whether it's Instagram right. or Facebook, um, and now WhatsApp. Um, it, they want you to spend time on the pl- platform. So if getting you angry is is what makes you spend time on the platform, then they're and it does. Um, their algorithm pushes that, and so you will get more content that will trigger you than get content about puppies and kittens and you know whatever. Um, right. I don't understand. You, you, you prefaced that by saying you disagree. That's essentially what I was saying is that, that, that but I think what he's seeing is, is that, that, that the that what he's been doing is less sticky than it used to be, because I think people are seeing through that and seeing that. Hey, this, OK, this thing now I understand this brings up, um, you know, bad feelings in me and I'm not enjoying that. And so he's now moving on and saying, OK, fine, then we got to get something that's even more engaging, more engulfing. And so let's go to this virtual world. And he's kind of modeled his virtual world off of Ready Player One, not realizing that that was a, a, um, a, a basically a morality tale about how bad that idea is. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> you, know? you know it, it reminds me of um, uh, the elite in our country, and there are we definitely have a gentry. We have a um, they're not called lords and ladies, but they essentially are, you know. Yeah, they're called senators and, and representatives. Yeah, and and Hollywood <laughs> and, and, and billionaires yeah, exactly. and Hollywood heirs. And yeah. um, you know, yeah. they they uh, when the Hunger Games, they obviously people didn't watch the Hunger Games, but they're like, oh, we love the 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 clothing and everything from the Capitol. And it's like, okay, idiots, those were the bad guys. Yeah, they they were dressed that way to make them look ridiculous. You know, <laughs> that was the, the the again the moral here, and you're missing the moral of the story because <laughs> you're so shallow. Yes. Holy moly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their dress and their, their makeup was so over was. the top because because they were yes. supposed to be the bad You're guys. You're not supposed to want to be Effie Trinket. I'm sorry. You're yeah. just not. Although she yeah. was redemptive. Although she was the... played amazingly. Yeah, and she was played amazingly. I loved that Oh, absolutely. Character. I did, too. I did, yeah. Oh no no, yeah. and it's and I love the books and I love the the movie and it, it's really wonderful and and you know this is not mm. to 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 bag on anybody who was in the movie it's it's just n- missing yeah. the point of the book. Yeah, yeah. Stories of dystopian futures are not goals, <laughs> <laughs> and somebody should let Mark Zuckerberg know that. Yes. By the way, you know, yes. it's like you know that's a dystopian future. That's not a good thing. And I know you went to Harvard, so you probably know the word dystopian. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> You dropped out, so maybe not, but, you know. <laughs> yes, uh, I just uh, – I also don't like how, uh, you know, if if the if the conservatives – we'll say the, if the conservatives say X, the, 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 the progressives will automatically say Y. And even if well, X – vice versa sometimes, you know, it's – they play each other well, sometimes. I, I swear to I, – sometimes I think that they're saying something just to see if they can force the other guy to, to take the, 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 the harder to defend position. I, I'm sure that you're correct and <laughs> – and I and I used and I didn't mean to say that it was that it was only one side doing it. They both oh, do yeah, it. yeah. No, I, um, I yeah. To the I point understand. where then all of a sudden the 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 opposite side, the one who's been manipulated, the one who's been triggered has to be has to defend the indefensible um, and right. which is insane and ridiculous. You know, stop that. You don't have to allow people to manipulate you. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's it's uh, on on rare occasion in certain settings you can kind of catch, you know, people who who tend to be a public talking head for one side or the other or one position or the other will let their guard down and just talk like a person, and it's like almost shocking when they do it and you go like oh okay they're not a complete loon <laughs> but but it's you know it's 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 rare and it's but it's fun when you see it you know i'd mentioned earlier bill mars um uh hbo show yes. and and he gets guests on there from from you know multiple political leanings and he is unabashedly a liberal but he's spent a fair amount of time bashing the democratic party for some of the ridiculous positions that they've taken and 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 how they have projected themselves he goes you know it's really hard for me to to uh to be supportive of uh, of of liberal and progressive ideas when when the people who are out there prognosticating on this stuff are all idiots yes (laughs) it says it's really hard it's frustrating for us who really have liberal beliefs to 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 stand there and listen to this and say yeah i support that because it's dumb and and I appreciate that, but every once in a while he'll get a guest on that will sort of do the same kind of thing, you know, where they're they're typically in their, you know, have their, their mask on as a pundit, but they'll let their hair down just a little bit because it's not really a news show. It's more, you know, they'll sometimes say something that they normally wouldn't say just to get a laugh because it's a comedy show. And you can see a little crack of humanity in there every once in a while. And you're like, oh, hey, guess what? They do have a soul. <laughs> Well, and let's let's I'll use an example. I'll I'll touch the third rail and use an example. Um, this uh, transgender rights. You know, you can when you when you ask a Supreme Court nominee what a woman is, and she can't answer the question because she's afraid of the political fallback on the or blowback from the left. You've you've officially jumped the shark. Now, for those yeah. of you all who are too no, young to know what that means, uh, look it up. Jump the shark. Anyway. Um, Happy, Happy days. days. So these days are yours. Exactly. And mine. It is. It is possible to say that that women are adult human female, and that trans women are exist and should be treated with the respect and dignity that any human being should be treated with, you know. And so it doesn't mm-hmm. negate a trans woman to say that a woman is an adult human female. You can say yeah. that. Um, she could have simply just said, "I am." Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I can't tell you. I don't know. I mean, come, yeah, on. come on, you are an adult thinking human being who would think we're, we're, we're going to put on the Supreme Court, right? Right, right. You know? exactly. And come you know, on. she has an opinion, but she's trying to yeah. be politically correct. And mm-hmm. essentially, I think what the what the uh, Cong- the senators who were who were um, asking her questions were trying to probe to see, you know, what she how she comes down on transgender rights. And she could have yeah. said, you know, I'm an adult. I am a woman. And. I, I understand that you're asking this question because there may be um, uh, cases in front of the court that are dealing right. with the issue of transgender rights, and I will I will listen to those cases fairly. I will right. That that's become the default answer for everything nowadays. For when they're when they're trying to probe for justices, which is frustrating, because you know it's it's a, it's in a sense it's a little bit of a cop out, but it's you know they're trying to find something that they think would be disqualifying as an answer and the 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 justice to be is doing everything they can to actually give you no answers about anything on any topic because they're afraid they'll get you know they'll get canceled for having said the wrong thing for one side or the other the reality is is yeah. that any justice 
um, who would come out and say, I would I I'm not going to vote to ret- to um, uh, overturn Roe v. Wade. We'll use that example because it's the one in front of us. If they come out when, during the confirmation process and they say that, then they're not a judge. They're an activist. They really should say, I will I will listen to the case that's in front of me and make yeah. a decision based on what the law allows. That's the only acceptable answer. Yeah, but that's really the only acceptable answer for virtually every question that yes. they're, they're asked, you know. And so, so the whole process is a bit of a of farce because because the justices, at least any smart thinking justice, is not going to say much, or they'll get borked. And and for again, for those who who don't know their recent history, uh, Robert Bork was a um, nominee for the court, and he was a fairly conservative person and answered questions honestly with his opinions and and they basically the the at that time it was the democrats who basically said he's unacceptable and so since that time which was sort of reagan era yeah i think it was work with reagan era era. maybe maybe yeah it was reagan bush Bush there bush one yeah somewhere in that uh that that time frame but since that time virtually anybody who's nominated to be on the court sits down and gives you know, non-answers to every single question because they're they're afraid that if they actually express any kind of opinion, then that's going to be held against them. And uh, you know, and 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 quite honestly, as we've said, I think you know a, a prudent jurist wouldn't want to to announce prejudgments. Now, where I think that they they have gotten you know with Bork too, the thing is is that he had quite a history. He had a long history and was well suit or not well suited, but I mean he he had a um, uh, a a resume that qualified him eminently to sit on the Supreme Court, um, whether you agreed or disagreed with his opinions. But he had a long resume. That's the other thing that we're finding is is that the the trend has been to nominate people who have much shorter resumes, so there's less to pick at, um, which I don't think that's necessarily a good thing either for us as a country. No, you know? <laughs> no. I mean, we don't want to have somebody who has who has done so little work that they have no there's right. no, nothing showing for what they've done. Yeah. They've done nothing. You don't want to put a nothing yeah. on the court. And and they're selecting people who are younger so that they stay there longer, you know. It's like, hey, I want somebody who who has the same opinions I do on things, is young and not much of a track record to get picked at. And, Great. And then you say, is that really who you want deciding yeah, what's going on? At this on? point, just pick them out of law school because you know. Yeah. That's, yeah. I want a big yeah. fat zero on the court. No. Okay. So in 1982, yeah. President. Reagan appointed Bork to the Court of Appeals of the District uh-huh. of Columbia uh, for the District of Columbia Circuit. In 1987, Reagan nominated Bork to the Supreme Court after Justice Lewis Powell announced his retirement. So um, that was happening in 87. Of course, the uh, in 89 is when um, Bush won. So George H. W. Bush was uh, sworn in office. You know, when he took the took the office of the president. So this happened during the Reagan era. Right. Okay. So we were right. Yes, we were right. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, but, you know, it's it's again, it's this this uh, and that was well before, you know, social media and phones in pockets. So, you know, the the thing is, too, we, we, we tend to draw this sort of like line in the sand and say, boy, this is the worst politics have ever been. Um, you know, but there are times with our founding fathers where, you know, things going through the news were accusations of, of you know, uh, people running for offices, wives sleeping with other people. I mean, it was, you know, same our, kind of our, junk our, we're dealing with today. 
Exactly. Our, you know, I mean, the stuff that, they, that we're hearing in the news about Hunter Biden isn't isn't any worse than some of the stuff that we're, they were talking about, you know, presidential candidates, you know, wives being a slut, you know, and that was I, although, literally what was going I on. I don't I don't <laughs> equate those two. I think that so. I, I think that what we're seeing from Hunter Biden, Biden is evidence of deep corruption. Well, yeah, I, I didn't mean to, to equate them. I'm just saying in terms of like the shocking shock value of the of the topic. Gotcha. Is 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 very similar. No, I you're right. I mean, it's it's it, you know, there, there appears to be some um, some fairly deep uh, uh, issues here in terms of this man's behavior and the legality of it. Um, quite frankly, um, you know, this goes back to our topic of social media, too, because you know the the social media uh, companies out there like Twitter banned the uh, New York Post from publishing an article and banned people from re- retweeting that article that talked about his uh, his laptop and and they said that that was fake news and here we are you know post election finding out no that wasn't fake news it was absolutely true and they made a decision to ban that before an election. Yes. And so, you know, there's the other way that social media has a, a huge impact on on the information that people can even see because, you know, somebody randomly decided, you know, a private entity that runs a company decided that this was not acceptable conversation and blocked it. So, so that begs the question, what what is because right now social media companies have the same protection as a utility does or you know like so let's say a phone company phone company is not responsible for what you say to your friends or whatever over the over the air over the line they're just not yeah in that <clears throat> sense they are but they're not they're not a common carrier and they're not handled as a common carrier like the phone company is and that so there there is a distinction in how they're handled legally they're given protection through section 2 230 which shields the network provider from liability arising out of publication of information so it's a little bit different, but yeah. I mean, essentially, though they're they're not they are not held responsible. However, yeah. however, um, you have seen politicians and you know our own state of California. The Diane Feinstein came out and said to uh, social media companies, either you tamp down on on extremist language or something like that, um, or we'll do it for you. And so that is a threat coming from the federal government, a very real threat coming from the federal government um, mm-hmm. towards these companies, r- forcing them to comply with uh, with what the whatever party in power uh, is asking them to do. And and so what what is their place? What is their role? What responsibility do they have? Um, because yeah. I don't want them shadow banning. I don't want them. And this is why Elon Musk wanted to buy Twitter. Um, you know, I don't want them, you know, if you've got a conservative viewpoint, um, you know, because, you know, Silicon Valley is leans to the left. So if you have a conservative viewpoint, I don't want these companies suppressing your voice, whether they do it overtly yeah. or covertly. It's not OK for them to suppress your voice. However, I also don't want them, you know, this this nut job who just shot up the uh, the. Uh, Buffalo um, grocery store. I, 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 he shouldn't be allowed to say whatever in evil. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go shoot everybody up, kind of stuff too. So right. Well, there's already laws saying that you can't threaten people. I mean, you know, this guy posted threats online. He broke laws doing that. They just weren't enforced. Yeah. You know. So I mean, that's that's separate from from the protection of say that you know Twitter or Facebook or whomever wherever it was posted. So what is the um, role of the so what 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 yeah. what should what is what the role of government? <laughs> yes. What can we do about this? Yeah. Sorry. What can we do about yeah. this? 
Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, in my personal opinion, I think Section 230 needs some modifications. I don't think that they should be um, completely protected from liability. Um, there should be they should be held responsible when they're making uh, editorial decisions. I mean, to go back to the example of of, you know, blocking the New York Post and saying that their article on Hunter Biden was uh, fake news right before an election. You know, they didn't do the research to to post the story. Um, uh, and the news agency shouldn't be required to then go share their their research with with Twitter to, to prove that they you know that they have reasonable you know purpose in, in posting this you know they are a public media company and and blocking the pub, a public media company from publishing something um, you know it seems to me that there should be some some limits to the power of a privately owned company like I don't care if it's you know privately owned or not. Uh, Twitter or Facebook that they that they you know we're requiring them to do things like block uh, you know hate speech and and use of foul language and things like that and and so you know people use uh, you know a bunch of, of symbols and stuff when they're cursing as opposed to actually typing out the curse words in in you know in social media um, so so the 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 intent is still there um, you know, without actually seeing the words. I think what, when you get to a certain size and what that size is, is maybe a percentage of the overall population or something, then, then they need to, there needs to be some, 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 um, some requirements that you behave as a public trust. Now, what exactly are those things? What does that mean, you know, in terms of specifics? You know, I haven't worked out all the details. I mean, that's, uh, we have to figure out what that means to us as a society. But I think that, that, you know, to say get rid of Section 230 is a knee-jerk reaction, and what will happen then is a whole bunch of, uh, you know, uh, comments on on articles in in anybody's website will get taken down because they're going to get sued by everybody every anytime anything gets posted. So that you do need some protections from 230, um, but to say that you have a a blanket protection against any liability for anything that gets published on your site just because you didn't write it. Uh, I think is wrong, and and I think you know if you are clearly going through and and doing uh, you know censorship, that's editorial. You know that you're making editorial decisions, just like a newspaper, and so you know you then have to be held responsible for your editorial positions. Um, Indeed, and and know. there should be there should be um, some sort of remedy for the New York Post because they're the ones that posted that. When you're going back to the Hunter Biden story, uh -huh. um, you know they're one of the oldest newspapers in the United States. They may be the oldest. I think they were founded by Benjamin Franklin. So um, uh, you know th there's yeah. there's no reason why they should be censored, and that's essentially what happened. They were censored. Right. Um, and exactly. that's not OK. You can't do that. That's not OK, um, especially, you know, the the there's no Section 230 for the New York Post. So the remedy, if there had been sli slander or libel or whatever, would have been go after would be to go after the newspaper, not the not Twitter. But Twitter made the decision. And, and, and actually, I think it was, you know, uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. So Meta did made the decision as well to suppress mm -hmm. that story. Um, that to me is dangerous. That is that is Pravda like. Yeah danger you should not be doing that right but those who say hey you know that's a a free speech issue realize that that, that the constitution doesn't protect you from a company it protects you from the government making oh uh, yes but and so, so so it's not a free speech it, it issue is a free in, speech. In, or a constitution it's a free speech issue but it's not a constitution i issue. disagree because if you are 
um, and, and I believe that they are, suppressing stories that come from only one side, then then you are then that that's a different thing than um, than just suppressing suppressing random stories. They suppress voices on the right. They shadow ban people on the right. They um, and that's that to me is um, you're reaching into the world of government at that point, especially when they're answering to you know that we have pressure coming from the Democratic Party, like the example that I gave from uh, Diane Feinstein, that uh, the pressure is coming from them to 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 do what they're doing, which is the shadow ban or to outright ban voices from the right. Right. And, and, but all I'm saying is that's not covered by the I first disagree. amendment. I disagree. I think that first... it should be. I, or I think that well, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be. I'm is, saying, Todd, I don't th- I think it, it clearly is. Because if they're doing it for one side or the other, like one side more than the other, and they are, I think you can make the argument that they, they are becoming a mouthpiece of that party in power. Well, they're becoming a mouthpiece of a party, whether that party was in power or not. When they were doing it, the Republicans held the office. So they weren't the, the party in power. Um, you know, Now they are now, and you could make the argument that that was maybe why, or at least part of why. But, um, I mean, just read the language of, of the First Amendment. The First Amendment says that the government will not make Well, it says Congress should make no law, and I understand yeah. that. My point is, it is that, that at this point, um, that... If they're aligned as closely as they are with a particular political party, then they are no longer just a regular private citizen, that those are – that they're making donations to um, – that's essentially a donation to a particular party. Um, you know, So whether that party is in power or not, they have – this is during an election. We're using the Hunter Biden laps, laptop story. By suppressing right. that, they're acting like um, – this is not just – a. this is something far deeper than just – you know, a regular private company, you can't, you can't talk politics at Starbucks, or I'm just making that up, or something like that. I think that they're that that a savvy lawyer can make the case that they've crossed the line into the area of First Amendment protections. um, uh, Because, uh, because of who they are, the size that they are, how they impact the discourse, and the um, activist positions that they're taking. Yeah, I, I, completely disagree with you on this i think that 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 while i don't disagree that what they did was i think wrong i i don't think that it's covered here i think that that it's very clear that the first amendment does not cover private entities regardless of their position because you know i mean basically if you're taking what you're saying then logically anybody who's donated to any uh political thing ever is no longer allowed to voice an opinion no that's Um, not at all what i'm saying no, it's, but it's I mean, different. I think that's the next logical Voicing step. I mean, you basically said because suppressing the voice of another because they are the public square now. They are the public square. Right. But you could uh, and have many a times in the history of our nation had people literally in the public, public square shouting down other people. Um, you know, that is part of protected free speech. And, you know, they are not a government agency. And so they are just flat out not covered by this. I, you know, there are now, again, I'm not defending anything they're saying or saying that maybe there should be some way to address it. In fact, quite frankly, I'm saying the exact opposite, because I I think that we need to revisit Section 230 and 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 look at at, you know, when they when something hits a certain size, when they become that public square, when they become that that uh you know, go-to place for people to air ideas and thoughts or grievances or whatever else they want to air, you know, pictures of, of you know, puppies uh, or kittens in your case. Um, 
you know, I, then absolutely, you know, they need to be treated differently. That you know, there there was a the reason that that um, uh, you know that, uh, that your electric company and your water and your gas company are treated differently than Walmart. You know, you, they are given um, uh, sort of a limited um, uh, shoot what's a mon- limited monopoly within certain areas, but then as a as a um, uh, shoot what do they call those type of things water and electric gas and electric utilities thank you utility is the word i was looking for you know as a utility they have different um constraints as to what they're allowed to do and i think that those are the way that's the way we need to really start treating some of these large internet companies is like when you hit a certain um uh, uh snowball of size and and functionality that and we need to determine what that is you know reasonably um, then say reasonably, yeah, that's a big ask. I know in today's uh, environment, but um, is is say that you know now some different rules apply to you. You know you don't you don't uh, get to behave the way you did when you were a startup and and had no impact on on society. But when you're having this large of an impact, we need to change some of the rules. I just don't think it's a a a you know a First Amendment issue. It's a different kind of issue. I, I well, and I'll use the example of President yeah. Trump being banned from Twitter while he was still in office. Um, that that is that was horrifying. Horrifying. Now, you can say that he fomented insurrection. I don't think that he did, but that's a question for the court. Um, mm-hmm. And you know that's being adjudicated. The January sixth uh, uh, melee, whatever you want to call it, is being uh, is being adjudicated. They're having hearings right now. Um, but but. When you allow, you know, the Taliban to be on Twitter, but you don't allow the president of the United Absolutely. States, that's 100% a problem. 100% agreement. Absolutely 100% agreement. I don't disagree that that is absolutely, um, you know, a an abuse of power of a, uh, you know, and even though they're not a wing of the government, they're, they are a very, very powerful social um, structure within our in a, within our society right now. And that's why I think, you know, I think we're saying the same things. We're just coming at it from from different kind of legal directions, you know, uh, it, 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 whether it's a First Amendment thing or whether it's a a, um, uh, you know, a, a breach of public trust through through existing laws. I the problem is, is that I don't know that they did anything that was illegal. I think they did something that was immoral and that we need to make our laws more carefully align with the morality of our society rather than. Uh, uh, than how they exist right now. And that's what laws are for. That's why we have people who make laws is to make adjustments to make them fit, um, you know, overall as society has changed and advanced. We say advanced. I'm not sure advanced is actually a good word, you know, as as it waxes and wanes from here to there. Um, But, you know, that's what laws are for. And they should be a little difficult to change because we don't want them changing on a whim like, you know, a... uh, uh, like a, a king or a sultan might do that, you know, we, we want them to be a little harder than that to change, but, uh, but they need to change. They need to fit, uh, you know, the, the bold new world that we've created by, by putting everything in our pocket. So, so what's the right, you know, as, as, and this is essentially what you said, what's the what right remedy, um, you know, back in the Gilded Age, and I think that there are a lot of parallels between the Gilded Age and now, um, certainly in the in the explosion of technology and how it changed the world and oh, how yeah. we learned how to deal with the changes. Um, they broke up Standard Oil. They broke up, you know, the railroads. They broke up, you know, 
they 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 did yeah. monopoly busting. Um, I, I read an article the other day where, and I wish I had it in front of me. I should have remembered to pull it out. Uh, where there was somebody raging on about the dangers of and the horror of printing presses because that was going to put, you know, written word in front of the common man and they wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> it was going to change society. And it did absolutely change society. They're absolutely right. You know, I think for the better. But, you know, we forget that there was a time before the printing press. There was a time before the, the smartphone. There was a time, bef- you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, we... we we keep marching forward. So, so again, you know, what is the right remedy, and and can we compel our elected officials to have that conversation? Um, and 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 part of the challenge, um, you know, and and as frustrating it is for the common man, you know, again, we have the elite and we have everybody else. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. people who donate big time to our elected officials are the big companies, right? They're the pharmaceutical yeah. companies and. Uh, oil and tech and retail and you name it, manufacturing. They're the ones that donate. They're the ones that um, employ the lobbyists. They're the ones that have the ear of the uh, elected officials. And let's be honest, the elected officials technically, I guess, then work for them. Right. They really do. I think so. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. They, you know, I mean, if, if there's been many articles and many news stories reporting about how, especially in the House, because it's a two year term, um, that as soon as you get elected, you have to immediately start running to get reelected. And so you're fundraising, you know, out, out of an eight hour day, you're probably spending six hours doing fundraising and two hours talking about things that you thought you wanted to do once you got there. Um, and I personally think we need to, as a society, start looking at um, more and more of our representatives uh, in terms of what is their background. We got too many lawyers. You know, I mean, so much of what we're talking about really requires that you understand um, at least a modicum of technology. And if you're handing your phone to your your 15 year old to change the your background on it, then you probably don't really have an understanding of how to do. Well, and that became painfully obvious when they were um, they you know, they had hauled in Mark, Mark Zuckerberg and other tech leaders to to hearings, mm-hmm. you know, in Congress. And uh, yeah, look at the faces of those tech leaders. They're all sitting there going, oh, my word, these people are. Yes. Idiots. Yes. I mean, just the, every one of them to a, to a man. And they were all men uh, sat there and looked at them like, did you just ask me that? Yeah. You know? Like, I when have you, no idea you... how to answer that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there was a representative from Arizona. and I'm blanking on his name who famously tried to, to just explain. Well, I understand the Internet. It's like pipes. <laughs> Like, no, no, it's like, not. No. Yeah, yeah, no, no, not, not really. really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're yeah. talking about actually, you know, cable under the roads, you know, um, but that's that's not yeah. the Internet. That's that's the infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. That's the infrastructure. It's a different. It, yeah, it, it was it's conflating to it's what politicians do all the time. You ask them a question about A and they answer B. Yes, because they they either don't understand A or don't want to talk about A. And so they just, you know, redirect. Um, it's, you know, frustrating to hear them talk, but I would like to see, you know, a more, a, a few more, uh, technophiles, uh, in politics. Of course, most of those people don't have, uh, the, you know, the, the, the old, um, uh, stereotype, right? They don't have the social skills. The, the, the computer nerds don't have the social well, skills, but that's, that's obviously a, a, you know, that's a stereotype false. Yeah. It's, 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 there, there are a few of them out there, but, but, uh, you know, I think there's probably the people who, who are technophiles are too smart to want to get, involved well, they don't want the pay cut. Let's the... be honest. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, there's the reality, right? Follow the money. So we are completely out of time, and and thank you all as we stumbled and bumbled through our first uh, podcast, our first first discussion. I hope that it was engaging for you. Um, and then we're going to be doing this where we're talking about subjects that are in the news that need to be talked about by regular people. And so um, I'm Aaron Breaker. We hope you'll, yeah, we hope you'll join us. I'm Todd Breaker. Thanks for coming along in the ride. <laughs> and we are the rest of us. All right. And we'll cut there. Cool. All right. That was fun. Yeah, it was. I mean, we, we, we stumbled a little bit at the front end trying to figure out how to like roll into this. Um, and I think, you know, we, we went off on a little bit of a tangent, you know, we didn't write, go right into social media, but we tied it back. Oh, I think, it. I think though that we set the table. I really do. Yeah. 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 I think so. You know, I mean, it was, um, I, I, I thought it was actually a really good conversation, I did too. you know, cause I mean, cause I think we were on the same page, but we had different takes on things too. So it wasn't like, you know, uh huh. Yep. 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 You're right. You know, um, I think that went I well. do too. So, so um, I'm thinking once a week's probably good. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. You know, maybe we, um, you know, record on Thursdays and we, um, uh, you know, if we need to do like a a quick pre-meeting on Tuesdays or something, you know, like 730 or something just to kind of go like, hey, uh, uh, you know, what what do you want to talk right. about this week? Um, that might not be a bad way to do it, but that doesn't have to be more than maybe 10 minutes, yep. you know, just put topics in. And we can put them into our document, obviously, as well, you know, put ideas in there as we get them. But I think... Nothing beats just having a quick little sit down, you know, and say, okay, here's what I was thinking. What are you thinking? And where are we going? I agree. So now that your swim season's over, are you guys going to go back to Friday nights going out or Saturdays going out? Um, I don't know. I need to talk to Tobin. We haven't talked about what, what our plans are, um, but I'd like to get back to doing that and doing our, you know, podcast just kind of died on the vine there the intention was that we would go to like every you know other week or every third week and we just basically stopped doing no it. now you have season um, two yeah that's true yeah that's exactly it we'll come back with season two i think honestly that's maybe not a bad way to do it we'll just you know we'll lay off for a few weeks every year um you know and i mean with when he was running and stuff too he was he was busy too so we were both just you know but that the, the time that we took the break is when the you know teachers seemed to be sort of at the peak stress yeah, to kind true. of get through that that spring it's true in you know and then and now they're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel because they can say okay it's it's almost you over. guys should cut a promo saying we'll be back and give them a date and put it out there to your listening audience because you have like you have a thousand people or something listening don't you yeah yeah we were close to two thousand so, so yeah i would um, you know cut a promo and uh and then make it put it uh, you're lots of podcasts yeah. where they have a hiatus and they'll come back with it the next season Right. Yeah. And you're and you're right. You know, what we should have done is been more um, uh, uh, clear about that up front. I think I think we fooled ourselves. We thought we were going to be able to do it once a week. And then we just found out that, you know, with me doing weekend swim meets and things going on with with Tobin that uh, we just didn't do it. So um, but yeah, you're right. That's absolutely right. what we need to do. So I need to touch base with him. So, hey, quick, quick question regarding Tobin and and things. I know that there was some people voicing some concerns about the the way that the election was run has that gone anywhere no. um the the they first they have to uh, put in a complaint with the existing board right. and the existing board said nah we're not gonna do anything with that and then they they would have to appeal to cta and i don't know that they did that mm -hmm. okay well that's not a surprise then there's no sense having a complaint at all because you're going to tell the people that just got elected that you're not happy with how they got right. elected. <laughs> you think they're going to do no. anything no you have to go to cta 
So. So yeah. Uh, it all unfolds all how right. it's meant to unfold. Honestly. Yep. 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 It'll 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 all work its way yep. through. But. Um, all right. Well, I have to go yeah. and start my day. This was fun. Have I a wonderful it. day. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Yeah, and I will um, uh, spend some time, probably not today, doing any editing. I'll probably do some editing on Friday and get it out Friday or Saturday, um, uh, at least make it available. And I've got to, I've also got to um, get our our uh, podcast. Now that I've, we've got something in there, I can now go file it and get it registered with uh, with Apple's index so that it'll start showing up in podcast things. I, you can't do that until there's actually something there. Right, what makes sense. And so... Yeah, so and so that usually takes a couple days, but tonight is my um, swim banquet, so I've got to finish getting ready for that. So that's Fun. what I'll be doing today. Well, enjoy. So. Give my best to your beautiful wife, and uh, we'll do. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Bye. Bye-bye.